We've got a great episode of State Your Line for you today. We've got a Chiefs recap of the loss to the Raiders. We've got a little uh, what we try this week, openings and closings, mixed plate at the end as well. Uh, and we also have an interview with Justin Keller, founder of The Mixologer. We're going to talk about his business that can ship craft cocktails directly to you. This episode of State Your Line is brought to you by Lead Bank. Lead Bank is a community bank headquartered in Kansas City. This is a bank that creates a better future for real people. The team at Lead Bank accelerates advocacy for inclusiveness and believes in equity for all people because they understand that it's their fundamental duty to innovate and to help people like you and me achieve financial security for themselves. They also refuse to accept geographic constraints and focus on offering fair, transparent, and ethical banking solutions to all communities. Lead Bank serves a variety of communities and wants to be your book for good. So if you're looking for high-quality financial products, then look no further. Being at the heart of the success of different communities is what Lead Bank has done for 90 years and will continue to do for the next 90 years. For more information, call 816-220-8600 or visit www.lead.bank. Welcome in to State Your Line, a podcast for Kansas City and by Kansas City. We are the Ritz Brothers. Today is October 13th, an unlucky day of the year on October 13th, and an unlucky week for our Kansas City Chiefs. Or I don't even know if I would say unlucky is probably a bad word, because uh, it was just a, a, a very poor performance. Um, but how are, you, how are you feeling now? It's Monday. You've had 24 hours to sit on this Chiefs loss. Is the is or is the sky falling? How how are you feeling today? It's definitely you a, talk Chiefs yet. It's a wake up call. Um, I've been a bad fan. Like it's a wake, wake up. Me up when September ends. Tell me about it. Right? Oh, it has it has ended. But but um, I think it made me realize I've been a bad fan, and we got a uh, I got a text directly from. Our, our godfather, our tailgate godfather, mm-hmm. our chief's godfather, Joe. And he said, I'm tired of excuses. I've heard them through silence all while I was trying to go to the game too. I have kids. My wife is pregnant. COVID's not a hoax. I live in Europe. Not good enough. We deserve this loss. I hope this is a wake-up call. So um, if you've been maybe a lazy fan... If you've kind of taken the, the in the fourteen wins, would we have? No, we had thirteen wins in a row. Yeah. You might have gotten a little lazy. You might, uh, and if it's hard to to get up for pre or regular season games, uh, because now that like you, you're you you're immune to hype videos. Yeah, uh, because now that we've tasted that Super Bowl and and the all the winning in the playoffs, it's like, well, all that matters is winning in the playoffs, and it doesn't matter. We can't think that way. Uh, we can't. Mm. We can't rest we on our laurel, on our laurels. As fans, we've been complacent. We've been bad, and uh, I'm not putting myself in the same you know conversation as Ben Neiman. But I haven't been good, and neither has <laughs> Ben Neiman. 
Um, he was, I think for the fifth straight game, the, the lowest graded player on pro football focus. Um, he absolutely stinks. So again, I share the blame with Ben, but Ben Neiman is so far from being off my shit list. Like I'm totally fixated on him now. You, you, you can't stop watching him. I can't every time he's on the field and you're just like almost in a sick way rooting for him to do something bad. Cause you'll, you'll get some pleasure out of that. I think I'm not, I think you will a little bit. You like yelling at Ben Neiman. You love hating him. I you don't love having, I honestly him. don't yes. I, that, you know who that is. That's, that's Demarcus Robinson. Like mm. I want Demarcus Robinson to screw up because because he's he's bad and he needs to stop. We want we 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 need Byron Pringle yeah. to get out there. I, I'm tired. There's a list of players that I'm just tired of seeing. Um, I'm tired of seeing Demarcus Robinson. I, I'm done. I'm totally done with him. I'm tired of seeing Nick Kaiser stop playing. I don't want to see Nick Kaiser number. If everyone listening is like, who the hell is Nick Kaiser? He's number 48 who dropped an absolute godly pass from from Mahomes. Um, I'm tired of seeing Ben Neiman. I'm tired of seeing uh, Daryl Williams. Like we, the five games through now, the the preseason, whatever, however we were playing these first four or five games, that's over. Mm-hmm. We need to stop playing bums. Um, if Ben Neiman, <laughs> I gotta stop. <laughs> like I got, I got to yeah. stop. I know where that's going. If he's better than Willie Gay and Dod, like I don't know how. I, it's because that cannot be true. That <laughs> that just is watching him out there true. is brutal. It's, it's so it, brutal. It's brutal. So uh, whatever our game plan, whatever we thought these first four or five games were, whether they're a tune up or figure out who's good, uh, we know who's good and who's not. Uh, Demarcus Robinson. Confirmed, not good. Uh, Nick Kaiser confirmed, can't catch, and he's too small to block. Uh, ben Neiman, don't even make me say it. Daryl Williams, <laughs> we 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 spent a first round pick on Ceh, and not gonna lie, Ceh since the first game, not good. And so, uh, so stop, stop doing it. Get the ball to your playmakers. Mm-hmm. Let Mahomes be a god, which. He was playing on godly levels uh, this past this past uh, weekend and had probably three throws that were good enough to be all time that didn't count. And uh, mm-hmm. stop playing these bums and start playing just your good players. And on the defense, I don't know who's a good safety right now because it's not it's not Tyron Matthew or Dirty Dan Sorensen uh, or Juan Thornhill really. So uh, really struggling there and. Uh, Offensive line didn't look good, so figure it out. Very, very, very frustrating. Um, and I mean, the only thing I could spin zone myself, like, because I'm immediately looking for spin zones. I'm just like, I mean, it's the classic talk yourself into. Okay, we're gonna learn more from losing than we are from winning. I agree. And with that. It, it's it's a, but I think it is a real thing, and I think it is a gut check for these guys to say okay, we cannot just sleepwalk through the regular season if we want to win the AFC West. Like, the Raiders are a game behind us now. They've beaten us once. Like, we got to get our shit together. We've got the Bills on the road next. Like, we cannot sleepwalk through this schedule. Um, you know, and and we saw how we played against the, the Chargers, uh, really escaping out of there with a win. I mean, those are two two teams that, you know, 
are in our division. We're going to have to beat the second time around. So we definitely cannot sleepwalk. So I think that's the only positive. It's just like, all right, we got our loss. It's a wake up call. Like it's a wake up call. Um, no team's ever gone 19 to no. It, it's not going to be us this year. Damn we it. won 13 games in a row. I would have loved it to be us, but uh, I, I think it was a good wake up call. Um, for coaches, players, everybody, because um, certainly, certainly got uh, out coached by fucking John Gruden. It seemed like dude, we lost a football game to Derek Carr. Like that's the most disheartening thing. And actually, I don't think I'll give John Gruden that much credit. Let me backtrack that statement because, like, they were giving John Gruden a lot of praise for going for it on fourth down uh, to seal the game. It's like. He's on that side of the 40, yeah, and it's an, an easy, inch. Easy like, any high school, any little league coach would have made that decision. Like, that was not a tough decision. The tough decision for John Gruden was, should I go for two when I'm up 15 to make it a three-possession game? And he decided not to. That was dumb on his part, I think, and it, and it kept the Chiefs in the game. If he would have gone for two, it would have completely taken us out of the game, but he decided not to, so the the praise that John Gruden got for that fourth down, I was like, that that's a simple, easy call. When it was a tough call, he didn't actually make it. So. Yeah. Well, we're, I hate the Raiders. We're, we're going to be fine. We still have Mahomes. Uh, yeah, we, we'll be fine. We're, we're going to be fine. I agree with you. I went immediately to that same exact spin zone. We're going to learn more from this loss than had we won. It's a wake-up call. Everyone realizes we can't sleep. God, I hate up. losing to the Raiders, though. I yeah. felt disgusting. It was gross. Ugh. It was gross. Just absolutely, absolutely disgusting. It was like a really long game, too. Yeah. Okay, uh, also a spin zone, though. The nice thing is um, every Chiefs game has been televised for me out here in California. So uh, that's been nice. And then with the Bills, I mean, that was going to be televised nationally anyways on Thursday Night Football, but now it moves to Monday. I get that game, too. Um, So The Bills game is Monday? Are you sure it's not Sunday? Yeah, it's Monday at like, uh, well, 2 o'clock for me. Um, but four o'clock. I have you. no clue what happened. What's ha- what's happened this weekend in the NFL as far as like news <laughs> and like other than yeah. other than the games and the results. I have no clue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I might get the Broncos out here after that, and then it's going to be dicey. You know, a noon kickoff versus the Jets out here. I don't, and then the Panthers after that. So November could be tough for me to get get games out here. So we'll we'll have to wait and see. Um, if I can get those or, or what I'm going to do, but that's been a nice thing uh, with all this. So bills, Josh Allen, he's for real. We get the bills. Um, I think we get to watch the bills. Oh God. Are they playing on Tuesday or Monday this week? I have no clue, dude. Oh, come on, man. Where have you been? I was at the Lake of the Ozarks this weekend. Oh, all right. All right. Uh, well, the bills are playing, I believe on Tuesday. Uh, so as this game drop or as this episode drops, so, Get a get a good scouting report on the Bills. Anything else on the Chiefs to wrap things up? Uh nope. Nope. I just don't want to okay? see uh I don't I don't want to see any of those bad players anymore. I'm done. I'm done. All right. Um, okay. Uh let's see. Let's move on. Uh we've got the Kansas City of the week this week. Uh and I'm gonna go ahead and give it to uh Howard Brown of Lincoln Prep High School in Kansas City. If you don't know who this is, pause right now and YouTube or Google search Howard Brown Lincoln Prep. He's a 300-pound quarterback. He's committed to play defensive tackle at Iowa State. 
and he is just absolutely destroying high school football players and embarrassing them. I watched an interview with young Howard and like his goal is to embarrass the defense. Love it. So they run, they run him out of the shotgun, a lot of like read options and quarterback runs. Uh, and he just absolutely demolishes anybody in his path. He's six two, like 300. He's very athletic, very quick. And it's just not fair for these kids. Is he going to play quarterback and, at Iowa state? Yeah, I, I don't think he'll <laughs> play quarterback. <laughs> I mean, Ben uh, Roethlisberger's paved the maybe, way for like 270 yeah. pound quarterbacks. I mean, he might play quarterback at Iowa State because, um, you know, they're still looking for uh, their first ever like nine or 10 win season um, mm. in program history. Um, you know, uh, Iowa State could win seven games this year. It'd be a huge step Sp- forward. Speaking, for speaking real quick, the reason the Chiefs lost was was me, my fault, and every single Mizzou Kansas City fan fault because. Oh, no way are are yeah. the Tigers are no way is Mizzou beating LSU in a in a regime program defining mm-hmm. win in epic fashion one of one of the yeah. best wins in in the last five six years and mm-hmm. uh, and then the Chiefs winning God will not allow that to no. happen that kind of happiness to come to a Mizzou uh, Chiefs fan so yeah um, apologies uh, but, for that <laughs> wrapping up on Howard. Uh, yeah, big dude. He has also thrown like, I think 82 career touchdown passes too. So he can sling the ball a little bit as well. Uh, but go watch a high highlight of Howard Brown from Lincoln prep. Yeah. I think if you just Google him, you'll find it. Yeah. It's worth your time. It's, it's incredible. So Howard, congratulations. You are our Kansas city another week. And yeah, tigers. I feel like here's what I will say about your Tigers that that win reminded me of the 2011 K State win over <laughs> Texas A&M in quadruple overtime, and so all I'm saying is you know watch out. This could be like you know the 2011 version of K State where maybe they win a lot of close games and then you know take big steps forward before you know maybe winning a conference championship the following year. Yeah, so, dude, and and you know, Elio and Eli, we trust. Yeah, I'm watching. It was so easy to talk you into that as a Mizzou fan. You guys are such suckers, dude. I'm watching Howard Brown <laughs> throw a 50 yard bomb. Uh, this guy is awesome, but yeah, Mizzou yeah. is Mizzou is. Uh, you guys are suckers. Mizzou is so back. Eli Drinkwitz is uh, is the truth, and um, that's all. That's all I have to say. I mean, the mm. only thing that makes me nervous. Is that he saw Connor uh, Bazilak and Sean Robinson play quarterback, and for two games he chose Sean Robinson as the quarterback, uh, which I don't know how you can watch both people play the same position and choose uh, Sean over Connor. So uh, that's the only thing that makes me nervous. Maybe one of his offensive coordinators talked him into it or something like that because uh, uh, Connor Bazilak. I don't even know if I'm saying his name right, but I don't know. Bezalak is what I thought. But, uh, Connor Bezalak is so good and so much better, uh, and we should be three and zero. We would have beat Alabama if Connor uh, Bezalak would have started. Put that in, put yeah. that in your pipe. All right, cats uh, ranked number twenty two in the AP and coaches uh, leading the way for the local area schools. Um, behind a true freshman, Will Howard, big dub over TCU this weekend so uh, he's got a bye week and then KU um, and 
Uh, God bless KU. I think they're worse with less miles. Doesn't he have? I, I really do. Yeah, and he hasn't um, come up with a plan for a backup coach for the K State game mm. yet. So that's a, that's a, that's a problem for future less. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what's going on over there. Anyways, all right. Um, let's talk a little openings and closings. Um, all right. Looks like we got uh, ravenous inside parlor. So inside the 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 fancy food court that is parlor, uh, we have a a new restaurant opening up. I, that's what I love about that place. Yeah. You know, startups can get in there. Build a fan base and then and then move out and expand. So tell us about Ravenous. So um, yeah, it's the same with Strang Hall in Overland Park. Same concept because yeah. I constantly see like new restaurants going there with new ideas. But Ravenous is not a startup. They are the um, like lunch parlor spot that not parlor shouldn't have used that word. The, the lunch spot from Corvino. So Corvino, yes. the fine dining restaurant in the crossroads, they had like a pop up lunch spot out of their kitchen called ravenous um that was kind of just yeah it was like a covid pop-up spot but um but they're moving it to a more permanent location inside parlor and it's just supposed to be like really good um kind of food off the grill uh their burger is oh, supposed to I'm, be i'm hungry reading the description about the burger yeah the burger is supposed to be uh out of this world and um I mean, like the people coming up with these with this food, they've won like national chef awards. So, um, so yeah, go check out. It's it's the same restaurant, same uh, people behind Corvino, uh, coming up with yeah. the ravenous That'd concept be, in Parlor. Yeah, that's Chef Michael Corvino, twice nominated for the James Beard Award. Mm. So, very good. The burger looks. Mm. Oh, I gotta get get there and try that. Yeah. All right. Um, and then uh, closing this week, uh, looks like, um, man, this is kind of a one, a restaurant that I've always seen, uh, the Corner Restaurant. Is that the one in Westport? Right on the corner, yep. Mm, um, man. The Corner Restaurant is closing permanently. Um, it seems like another big, another dispute with the landlord. Um, they posted a very long Facebook post saying... Uh, they've been in disputes with for six months with the landlord about stuff that needed upgraded, like including stuff like sidewalks and building repair, stuff that you know a landlord should do, uh, and also some stuff inside the building could not come to an agreement, uh, and basically the landlord kind of forced them out. I think, um, you know, this is a bummer. The, the <laughs> landlord probably sees that brand new apartment building going up across the street. And says, mm-hmm. okay, well, if I can get someone new in here, I can probably charge him a whole lot more rent uh, as opposed to the lease that I'm stuck in with the corner that's been there for eight years. But again, it's a local restaurant that's been there for eight years that's being forced out. Uh, so I think that's a bummer. I um, I don't like kind of a, the trend that we've seen in places like the Plaza and Westport uh, where landlords are forcing local restaurants and local business people out of those areas. Uh, it seems like a trend that is uh, only increasing and uh, I don't love it because we've talked about a number of restaurants where that's been the case over the last six months. And so mm-hmm. uh, it's a bummer. It's a bummer for sure. Uh, I only been to the corner for brunch. I'd never been there for, for lunch or anything, but 
the brunch was really good, really popular. It was always packed. So, uh, yeah, this is a bummer. Yeah. Uh, big time. Definitely. Um, to see another, um, local locally owned restaurant closes too bad. All right. Uh, let's jump into a, uh, little, what we try this week. Um, and I thought, uh, one thing that I tried this week, this is a, a little California Kev coming out in me. Cause I feel like being in the Midwest and being in Kansas city, tamales come in a corn husk. Like that's how tamales are made. That's the only way I thought tamales were made. And that's all I've ever seen in my life. But out here in California, you've got the tamales ranchero, mm. which are wrapped in plantain leaves. Ooh, okay. Yes. So uh, similar concept, um, you know, I think. Like plantain, like, the, like, huh? like, uh, like a banana peel, basically? Yeah. Well, no, the leaf of the oh, plantain okay. plant. Hmm. Okay. So it's a big green leaf. Oh, okay. And. And then I, I like I don't know if this is just me, but I never had um, also chicken inside my tamale too, mm. hmm. which I feel like I'm usually cheese or or pork or what is it? Yeah, cheese pork. and beans or or pork is what I'm used to having. So a little something different, a little tamales ranchero wrapped in plantain leaves felt real fancy. Very was authentic. the chicken? Did you have like what else was in there? Spicy, was there like green delicious. chili or anything? Yeah. Green chili, spicy, absolutely delicious. I love that. Or it was a red chili. Sorry, it was a red chili. Oh, okay. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That is but delicious. delicious. Uh, I'm jealous. I think you need to really try as much California Mexican food uh, that you can because I'm sure Mexican food is is very regional and and uh, mm-hmm. I'm very jealous of all of that that you've got to try. Um, all right. What I tried this week, this is something I'd never done. Was the Lake of the Ozarks in the fall? I, I had mm. never gone down there. We had a bachelor party for our cousin, and um, just went down to the lake just to hang. And the drive, Kev, the foliage on the way down—is it thick? It's good looking. Um, yeah, oh, changing colors, changing colors. Even like we drove down Friday afternoon and then drove back Sunday morning, and even in those, you know. 48, 56 hours, um, it had changed a lot. And uh, mm-hmm. it was just awesome. It was awesome. The, the lake was a blast. It was actually warm. Like we were swimming and and because uh, it was like 85 degrees this weekend. But still, the oof, the fall colors on the way down, it was glorious. It was nice. So, I bet. I so bet. Lake and even Ozarks, looking out over the lake. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, you know, it wasn't busy at all. There was a lot of um, people testing out how loud their boat could get. I assume that's the only thing they were testing because um, mm-hmm. they would just drive by our house uh, as loud as possible. But um, but yeah, it was good. It was a beautiful drive. Beautiful. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever done that either. All right. Uh, that is what we tried this week. Uh, next up, how about uh, our interview? Um do we have an interview? Anybody anybody presenting this interview? Let me check. Why don't you introduce the interview? Okay. All right. So this week, uh, our interview is with Justin Keller. He's the uh, founder of The Mixologer. Justin and I went to college together. We were Lambda Kai's at K-State. Uh, and uh, Justin founded this company about a year ago. 
really cool concept. Basically, and we talk about it in the interview, think like Blue, Blue Apron, Home Chef, um, all of those meal services, but with craft specialty cocktails. So uh, this company will send you a kit to make a cocktail for like four to six people. Um, and you don't have to worry about like, you know, if you're making a specialty cocktail, getting, you know, having to buy things that will serve, you know, 20 to 30 people. You mm -hmm. can just truly make a drink for four or five people, uh, which is an awesome concept. All right. Today we are joined by the uh, founder of the Mixologer, Justin Keller. Uh, Justin, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, and thanks for uh, letting Danny and I try out uh, your old fashioned kit. We uh, really appreciated that. Um, so you're, you're shipping craft cocktails to people uh, right to their door. How in the heck did you come up with this idea? Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Um, so it started about a year ago. Um, I was at Total Wine and I overheard a couple customers complaining about having to buy all the various bottles. They're making Moscow mules. And one guy was frustrated. He had to buy all these big bottles of stuff. And, and so it got me thinking, you know, there's not a whole lot on the market that you can get all, you know, portion stuff to make cocktails at home, you know, pretty easily. And so started doing some research, looked at kind of what was trending with like HelloFresh, um, mm -hmm. Freshly, a lot of the meal kits. So, you know, I'm thinking, okay, a lot of, a lot of folks are getting food kits delivered, meals delivered. Is that same thing happening in the cocktail world? And then I, you know, after some research, I found that that really wasn't the case. Did you always know it was going to be like an e-commerce company because you saw the, because that's how I would describe it. If I was describing it in an elevator, a five second elevator pitch, I would say, yeah, it's like blue apron or hello fresh, but for cocktails, um, did you always see it as being a, like an e-commerce company or did you originally think, okay, what if we sold these in total wines or in, uh, in, uh, liquor stores as full kits? Definitely. So it's, it's much easier to get started on e-commerce. You really have no barrier to entry. I mean, you can get your Shopify store spun up, you know, within a week, but I, I think the longer term play definitely has been retail. One thing, uh, about the liquor business is people are always going to stores. It's, state by state is so different. So yeah. there's always going to be that retail presence. And so that's one of our longer term term goals. But e-commerce is is just the best way to get, you know, business spun up and start serving customers sooner. So how did you get it started? Was it, did you get like funding on Kickstarter or kind of what, how did you turn the idea into, okay, now you've got a website and now you're actually shipping these cocktails uh, all over the country, right? Yeah. So I think I, I first had the idea it was Labor Day of 2019 and uh, I just bootstrapped it and I said, okay, let's, let's put together some like basic cocktail kits. And these things were pretty heinous at the time. The stickers, the labeling was, was awful, but you know, it's like, it's, it's proof of concept. So I put together some old fashioned kits and I sent it out to like 10 people and I said like, Hey, does this in any way make, um, you know, making cocktails at home easier for you? And so, that was kind of the start and just bootstrapped it since. And we got good feedback last holiday season and just kind of kept, kept rolling with that. Yeah. I, I love the idea again of just that. I don't have to buy a, a giant thing uh, of something that I'm going to use once for um, one of, for a drink, you know, I think that's very intimidating. So I stick to drinking the exact same things over and over again. Cause I'm like, all right, I know I will drink that. 
Um, and one other thing I liked, um, I hate like, and I don't have just like fresh produce everywhere at all times. So where'd you come up with like the, the dried, uh, cause we have dried blood oranges, I think for the old fashioned kit. How'd you, how'd you think of that idea? And, and how did you get that, um, into the box? Yeah. So dehydrated garnishes are actually already really popular at um restaurants you you see that quite a bit it's becoming more predominant and the cool thing is once you kind of splash in your drink it like immediately comes back to life and you get that full aroma effect and so it's in in no way really an inferior product it's 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 at the same level as fresh fruits and also doesn't have that you know one to two week shelf life you know dehydrated garnishes last you know four four months so you know there's no that immediate need to use it you know you can let it sit for a little bit but it's still gonna you know release that aroma as soon as you you know throw in your drink so justin you're k-state wildcat um did you know because you have nothing to do in manhattan other than get drunk that you were going to start a liquor company when you graduated <laughs> yeah i think i think kevin can attest to that you know in the, the Not land a lot to do days, we, yeah we had our <laughs> we had our good time. So, you know, I, I've been drinking, um, you know, cocktails, making my own cocktails. I've never had, you know, official like bartending role. Um, but I've been making my own cocktails for a long time. So I felt like, you know, eventually like owning a bar or, you know, what we're doing now is, is kind of been in the works for, for some time now. Yeah. I feel like Justin in college, we were drinking like Kentucky deluxe and Dr. Pepper. So, uh, this is definitely mm-hmm. a, a big time upgrade there. Um, and then, so you're not putting things like Kentucky Deluxe in in your uh, the sets. Um, where are you finding like uh, liquor companies to partner with uh, to to send uh, with these kits? Yeah, so that's actually one of the the fun parts about the job. So we we partner with a lot of craft new distilleries. One uh, that we're working with now, Castillo. They have the first botanical rum that I've ever had. Um, so we're we're also working with Shots Box. They're our liquor fulfillment partner, and they exclusively work with craft distilleries. So we just we collaborate with a lot of different companies. We work with um, YouTube bartenders, and so we just we're continually like seeking inspiration, trying to find people making new recipes, new spirits. So it seems like it's there's always um, lots of avenues for new kinds of cocktails. You said you work with YouTube bartenders. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that video of? The um, the girl bartender who's making an old fashioned for the uh, Kentucky Derby and she pours like uh, an, an entire bottle of bourbon into the glass and uh, just makes it completely wrong. I have not. It I'll send you the video. Well. It's it's uh, it's pretty hilarious. But I, I imagine you're you're dealing with a lot of amateurs or maybe people that think they can bartend but can't. Uh, does well, I know the answer to this because I'm drinking the cocktail right now, but how do you kind of foolproof it so that idiots can't screw up the cocktails? So I think the best thing that we help customers do in pouring I didn't out- mean to, I didn't mean to call your customers idiots, but some of us, some of us are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all about, you know, becoming better at making good cocktails, right? So I think um, my kit's over here, I, I grab it. But so with our bottles, we try and portion everything out with our four serving kits. So, you know, it comes with one ounces, two ounces, four ounces, eight ounces, but more or less, you're just gonna pour a fourth of that bottle. So mm-hmm. it kind of takes out, you know, if you don't have a jigger 
or measuring, you know, tools with you, you can more or less kind of eyeball it. So it doesn't require you necessarily to have all the tools. You can just kind of eyeball it and, and measure out the right, you know, proportion for each string. And okay. Um, I imagine too, like I've tried to buy mar maraschino cherries. Um, this is got, the maraschino cherries. Those are, those are nice. That's gotta be like one of the more expensive ingredients in the box for the old fashioned, right? They are, they are, they are, they're tasty. Yeah. I, I just, those are one of those things that you'll buy them for a cocktail party. And then like you said, they'll sit in the back of, of your fridge and, and you spent, you know, $12 on a, on a bottle of maraschino cherries. And what are you going to do? Just sit there and eat them. Probably exactly. Not. Yeah. I mean, you spend, I think usually the going rates like 19, $20 for Luxardo cherries. Yeah. Like 40, 50 cherries, but I mean, the average person probably is not going to use those within even a year, probably. So, you know, why not just buy four at a time when you need them? Yeah. What about um, quarantine and COVID? I imagine uh, a lot more people are drinking at home. Well, I know that for a fact. Um, and people are probably looking for their craft cocktail fix that they're used to getting at a bar. Have you, have you guys seen like a tick and tick up in sales since this whole quarantine? Uh, without a doubt. And it, it's been interesting. Um, you know, as a business owner, you think, do you think the business is going to go one way and then something happens and then all of your customers are telling you, we actually want you to go this way. And it's been on the corporate side. So we've been direct to consumer since we started, but we've been lately much more B2B helping companies, you know, establish and keep that that culture going during these times so we're hosting virtual happy hours and it started oh sweet it, it started back in april we had our first you know corporate order and they sent them out as care packages and then over the course of this year it's kind of transformed into we want to host or have you guys host and so we'll ship out the cocktail kits and it's it's been one of two things either for their clients or mm -hmm. um, their internal teams so just kind of culture building and we'll ship out the, the cocktail kits to everybody. And then we'll have, you know, one of our uh, mixologists, you know, behind the camera and he'll kind of go through like high level, you know, barware, here's some basic techniques. And then also just kind of walking people through, you know, how to make the cocktails. And, and it's a lot of fun. I mean, surprisingly, virtual happy hours have been kind of a, uh, a fun thing. You wouldn't, you wouldn't think it, but they have. Yeah. They, they um, were more fun in March than they are now, but I would imagine when you have an activity to do, it makes virtual happy hours way better. Like just getting on a virtual happy hour and being like, Hey, what's up? And not having an activity, but making a drink. Uh, I think that would be really fun. Uh, so, so how are people consuming this? Like when they get a kit, is it really just for one person? Uh, does it serve multiple people? Are they gifting it to other people? Are they having it to their house to then have some friends over? What are you seeing how people are consuming it? I think all the above, uh, all the kits are, are kind of standard offering is four servings. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely been popular in the gifting space. So Father's Day, you know, we had, we, we completely ran out of inventory of our ultimate old fashioned box, which is what I shipped you guys. So it's, you know, eight mm -hmm. different kinds of craft whiskeys. You got rise, you got your bourbons, you get your straight whiskeys. Um, I mm -hmm. think there's even an Irish, I think Sloan's in yeah, there. There's an Irish. So you can get Irish whiskey too. So that was really popular for Father's Day. You get kind of eight slightly different old fashions. Um, so I think the gifting space has definitely been predominant, but, um, you know, a lot of couples are just ordering these kits and, you know, for date nights and using them at home. 
What about, uh, I see behind you over your shoulder, you have a, a barrel back there. So you're, it looks like you're doing a barrel age cocktail. Are you guys selling barrels to, to make barrel age cocktails as well? Not yet. That's, that was actually a gift I got, but that, mm. that could be in the works that could, I still have to experiment with that a little bit, but yeah, yeah but you, down the road. but you guys are coming out with like a, uh, kind of a master mixology set. Um, do you know, I, and I've seen some of it, but I'll have you describe it. Um, and it looks like this kit can really up your cocktail making game and, and allow you to make some really professional cocktails at home. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, we've been in business for a year and we've been doing these cocktail kits and the one area we felt like we were missing out on, uh, was a, a couple tools that we feel like most people don't have, um, but they're available on the market. And, um, we wanted to go in and just tweak those a little bit and make those more readily available for everyone. And so one, we've got a clear ice maker, which is, it's, it's actually a very mm. simple process, um, to make clear ice. You don't need fancy machines. All you need to do is freeze water from the top down. If you're, you know, forcing the water, um, all the impurities to kind of be stuck below the clear ice. And then we have our mold at the top, you know, we have a sphere mold and then two, uh, a lot, a lot of really nice cocktail parlors and lounges will have kind of these smoke guns. Um, so Flavor Blasters is, is a big company out there, but their guns are like four, $400, I think. And so probably most people aren't going to be doing that at home. Um, it's just too expensive. It's a cool effect, but you're probably going to go out to a restaurant to see that. But so we partnered up with a good uh, cocktail smoker manufacturer um, to be able to kind of duplicate that process at home. And we have an array of different wood chips that you can kind of infuse your cocktail with to get, you know, a, it's kind of a next level kind of a sophistication where you have a little, you know, aroma of, you know, maple or cherry or what have you. So you get that, that, that smell before you actually, you know, drink the cocktail. Uh, this is a dumb question. How do you know someone's 21 if, when they're buying the kit? Uh, so we don't ID when you check out that's done by um, the last minute or last mile, you know, um, whether UPS or, FedEx, they, they require that signature delivery. Mm. Uh, Got it. Cause I was like, if I was in high school, I would be ordering these uh, <laughs> and trying, trying to get them yeah. as I was under 21, but I guess. Yeah. And, it, and it's kind of a slippery slope. I don't think these delivery companies have it quite ironed out with, with COVID. I get the, the reports back from UPS okay. and, and half of the, 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 the signature lines, they just say COVID-19. And so I think they're just, they're just leaving these. Um, yeah. UPS probably has a problem with me saying that, but you know, mm. they're uh, coming they're just, after you. yeah, they're just leaving them, you know, but we, we do try and follow the, the rules. Right. Yeah. Um, all right. So you've got a lot of uh, different kits that you're shipping out. Um, uh, it looks like there was a quarantini kit. Uh, it's a great pun there. Uh, do you have a favorite besides this old fashioned kit? And are there any, like new kits you have coming out, like as the seasons change? Yeah, the Quarantini has definitely been popular. Uh, people love passion fruit, which is the base of that one. Um, my favorite are we're releasing two fall cocktails. They're part of our more cocktails, less 2020 uh, okay. kit. <laughs> that was uh, that was voted on by the customers. So um, that one's going to include a gentleman and a scholar which is a whiskey sour variation with a little strawberry puree. And the way that we kind of have figured out how to get around the egg white, which is the, one of the predominant ingredients in a whiskey sour, which we can't ship eggs, um, is aquafaba, 
So it's just simply a chickpea juice that has the same viscosity as egg whites. So when you shake it up, you get that same, you know, frothiness at the top. It has zero taste, zero smell. So you get the same kind of properties of that egg white. Um, and so that's our first one. And the second one is our mango nata margarita. Mango okay. nata margarita? Mango nata, yeah. Mm. So it's not a margarita or is it is? It's a mango margarita. <laughs> and then you've margarita. got... Uh... Uh, what and then he, it looks like that's got like uh, what do you have on the rim for that one for the margarita? It's a lime chili sea salt. See that that's very nice, very fall. I, I love that. So basically, uh, tahini, if you're familiar. Yeah. Mm. Um, I don't know the solution to this, so forgive me. But the little paper straw things in your packaging, man, those things get everywhere. <laughs> You know those, you know those, those the things? cocktail picks. Oh, no, or the, the the actual packaging. Straws, the packaging. <laughs> so we're looking at you know an alternative method to <laughs> safely ship things. It's it's tricky. We're, we're we're looking at some foam options. I mean, this has been yeah. kind of the best route we've found because you do unfortunately have some glass bottles that will break, and so. Do yeah. you uh, do you are there some states that you can't ship to because of liquor laws? Yeah, so we're kind of still in that startup phase where we don't have logistics figured out for all 50 states. So unfortunately, we don't cover all the states. We cover all the main uh, populated states. Right okay. now, I think we're at 30, 32 states that we ship alcohol to. Mm -hmm. And then for the remaining states, we just ship all the, the non-alcoholic ingredients. Yeah, I used to work uh, for a distillery and um, every state has a different liquor law and it is, uh, it's maddening. You need an entire team of of lawyers to like figure out where you can distribute liquor and where you can't. Yeah, that's it's, tough. it's certainly a bit of a challenge and, and going back to kind of what we discussed earlier, that's where the, the retail and liquor store play is uh -huh. going to be huge. And so we're, we're fighting to get there, but um, you know, getting into these big box stores, it, it, it just takes some time. So. Um, well, and, it's delicious. Yeah. And then uh, as you're advertising, you're, um, kind of the, uh, at the mixologer, the, your Instagram page, you have a lot of really fun videos that make it look like making these cocktails is really fun. Have you had to put the, like, enjoy responsibly yet? Is that something that like, cause you guys are having a lot of fun in those. I didn't know if that was something like every <laughs> liquor company had to like put the disclaimer, like in drink, drink responsibly. Yeah. It, it kind of varies, uh, you know, state by state and there's obviously federal regulations, but the general rule with Instagram is you just kind of have a disclaimer, you know, you have to be 21 to, to follow that page, but it's, it's certainly a thing that's tough to enforce, but that's kind of the general, if you go to any kind of liquor brand, you'll kind of see, you know, you have to be 21 to, to follow this page. Or if you go to the website, you'll, you know, have like a little click box, like confirming, are you 21? And sometimes you have to put in your, your birthday, but it, it right. is kind of tough for them to enforce. So. Yeah. Well, I think I want to be, I think I want to be in that in one of one of your commercials because it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, we have we have, we have a good time. Uh, the last shoot we did was for our master mixology set, and uh, Kevin, I don't know if you ever met Eric Lutz. He was a K State guy. Uh huh. You did meet him? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so I never actually met him at school, and I, we came across um, through an introduction, you know, about a year ago, and then uh, I didn't want to do Kickstarter right away, so we ended up kind of tabling that thought, but then I reached back out and, uh, yeah, we just had a total blast. We shot, uh, 
it was about a month ago. It was a full day shoot. And uh, yeah, we're just, I mean, we have drinks flowing. Everyone's having a good time. So those are definitely probably my favorite days. Um, <laughs> certainly more fun than, you know, the days where you're like crunching numbers or, you know, some of the yeah. other less glorious aspects of, of business, but. Yeah. All right. So as we wrap up, so you've got the, the kits, you've got the uh, master mixology set to um, how can people go out and, and purchase um, these, um, you know, as we, we get into, um, you know, almost time for the holidays and all of that. Yeah. We try to make it as easy as possible. If you just go to the mixologer.com um, we've got all of our offerings there. We have a couple things available for pre-order the master mixology set that will deliver uh, within the second week of December. So great, great gifts item for the holidays. And then all the other kits ship usually within a day or two. Um, so we're, we're pretty focused on quick turnaround times, but the mixologer.com is the, is the best place to order. And then we're on all the social channels as well. All right. Awesome. Yeah. So go check them out. Uh, I think it would make a great gift. Danny and I tried the old fashioned kit. Again, I'm looking at eight different whiskeys here to, to make drinks with. So uh, would recommend it, Justin. Thanks. We so have much to for record the us. rest of the. We have to record the rest of the podcast after this, and I'm a, a old fashioned deep. So we'll see how it how it turns <laughs> out. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Justin. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Thanks again to uh, Justin for joining us, uh, and thanks for the old fashions uh, kit, Justin. Um, I went with. I just made mine, and I went with the. Uh, Clyde Mays original Alabama style whiskey, mm. 85 proof. Really good. Alabama really good style like, whiskey. Yeah, roll tide. And uh yeah, I mean if I make an old fashioned, I, I might just do like whiskey and an orange, if depending on what I have around <laughs> yeah. the house. But but to have the bitters and the the, the syrup as well mm -hmm. uh, just made it that much more delicious. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I enjoyed mine cherries. a lot. The maraschino cherries, like I, I'm obsessed with those things. They're so good. Yeah, that was delicious. So uh, great gift for the holidays um, or birthdays coming up. Good, good gift. So um, all right, let's jump into a little uh, deets on the streets. Uh. Danny, let's combine your passions of history and traffic into one segment. Um, where I limit your time yes, on that's, that's uh, the deets on the streets. Benton um, Boulevard. What do we got this year? Benton Boulevard. Okay. Benton Boulevard. Um, Benton Boulevard uh, in Kansas City is named after Thomas Hart Benton. Now, folks, there are... We've talked about him before. We, we've talked about Benton, and we've talked about Thomas Hart Benton once or twice. Mm -hmm. Like I think like you you and B was getting sued by them or something weird like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Thomas Hart Benton, there are two Thomas Hart Bentons that are famous in Missouri. This is named after the second one, the painter Thomas Hart Benton, who was the nephew of a Missouri senator named Thomas Hart Benton. That's who he was named after. But Thomas Hart Benton, the painter, who this was named after, was born in Neosho, Missouri in 1889. Um, he became moved to New York, became a very famous painter, uh, moved back to Kansas City, uh, basically when he was offered the head of the Kansas City Art Institute um, and started doing murals in the Missouri State Capitol and, and other places around the city. Uh, he was the leader of the regionalist movement, so that means... He painted basically all 
uh, all his, a lot of his paintings, most of his paintings were about Missouri, about the Midwest, where he was from. And it was a movement where people painted about where they were from. Um, but um, he was known for those regionalist paintings and realistic paintings of harsh American culture, like the harsh Midwest and, and the realities of it. Um, Ken Burns did a documentary, an entire doc. So what we're distilling down to a one and a half minute segment, Ken Burns did an entire documentary on Thomas Hart Benton for PBS worth looking up. Uh, he died in 1975 and, uh, yeah, Benton Boulevard. There it is. Boom. All right. Yeah. These are, um, very harsh. The paintings depicting very harsh life in the Midwest, but you know, Sure, back then it, it wasn't very easy. Probably was. No. All right. Um, all right. So that is Benton Boulevard. Those are the deets on the streets. Uh, next, a little personal pine tar where, oh, just some of the minor inconveniences of life, like maybe a little extra pine tar on your bat, uh, really cause uh, you more pain and frustration. All right. Here's, here's my personal pine tar, and this is very relatable. I, I think I get why Californians are bad sports fans. Yeah. It's it's very hard to stay mad all day <laughs> at your sports team when you're out here. Yeah. Like so I, I get it. Like I was in a terrible mood that the the Chiefs lost. It's October oh, it was October eleventh. Chiefs lose. I'm in a real sour mood to the Raiders, but it's like eighty five degrees out. And then I took a drive uh to the beach afterwards and it was just like okay, well, now I'm not mad anymore. I don't really mm. care. And I was like, no, I should be sulking and in a pissed-off mood, and like no one should want to talk to me yep. or hang out with me all day. Yep. But here I am, just jolly and happy as can be, even though the Chiefs lost to the to the Raiders. So I get it. You're California, a bad sports fan now. You need some of, that harsh, bad mid, sports you need some of that harsh Midwest reality. Yes, I do. I need to lose a game and then it be just miserably cold and gross outside and i can just sulk all day long yeah uh, and feel like a real sports fan but i just couldn't do that i just was in a good mood afterwards really quickly because Gosh. so you, nice you, out here see you're you're part of the the problem right now kev mm-hmm. yeah i know i gotta get back to kansas city all right uh that's mm-hmm. that's embarrassing i'm embarrassed for you it's hard to say you're mad not a uh you're not like a miserable person after that loss like, I know. like me. Um, well, t- to blow off some steam because I was in such a bad mm-hmm. mood Sunday, I decided, all right, I need some alone time. I need to be alone. I went and raked leaves. This is my personal pine tar. Ooh, okay. All right. Uh, this is my first fall owning a home. We moved into this house in April, and I thought I was in the clear because I don't have a single tree on my property. However, but however, I forgot about a little thing called wind and other people's trees blowing leaves into my yard. Yeah, I raked yeah. for a solid hour last night. Um, and there's no worse chore. And doesn't even look like I raked it all this morning. Uh, it was a very windy night. Uh, and in Kansas City, Missouri, there's no like leaf pickup. I don't know what to do with my leaves. I just put them in bags. I have no clue what to do with them. Beats me. I thought like it, like 
once on a certain year. Tuesdays. No, oh, I, thought November, like I have to wait Tuesdays. till November nineteenth for anyone to pick up my leaves. Why would you even break? <laughs> That's dumb. Because I'm getting judged by the whole neighborhood. There's a there's a whole mm. like street oh, yeah. community. You know, there's a there's judging, and uh, oh, so yeah. I, I don't I don't know what to do. I don't know what when we were growing up at like my mom and dad's house. We just put leaves on the curb and they disappeared. Was that like a extra service or was that just like that, that's a Johnson County thing? I think. Damn. You know. Damn. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's why you got to pay for your trash out there. Harsh reality, Midwest. You just have to keep mm-hmm. your leaves. So now they're just sitting in bags in my garage. I don't, I don't know what to do with them. So if anyone knows what to do with leaves, um, I've got a couple more bags because of today. Uh, it's the worst. It is mm-hmm. the absolute worst. Luckily, my backyard was clean. No leaves in the backyard, just the front. That's yard. good. So, um, that's my all right. Also, my um, dishwasher broke. So, oh, we heard about that. Um, all right. Uh, next, move into a little what's good in the neighborhood, uh, Danny. I know you've got um, some barbecue uh, to talk over here, but I will just say we talked about it like in a mixed plate of overhyped things of Kansas City like how frequently Kansas Cityans actually eat barbecue. Like I don't actually eat out and eat barbecue a lot. So I was sitting on the beach talking to this surfer dude whose friend owns a barbecue restaurant in California that I'm going to try out here in Half Moon Bay. And uh, he was like, oh, you're from Kansas City. You must eat barbecue all the time. And I, I just had to lie and be like, yeah, all the time. I just love barbecue. And I do love barbecue, but it's not like I, yep. I eat it all the time. But your opinion <laughs> matters more than anyone else's opinion in all of California. Because yeah, you're from I Kansas agree City. with that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to give my opinion on this barbecue joint once I get to try it. So, but yeah. you're talking barbecue so, so good. What's good How in the good neighborhood? Uh, with this segment, we usually try to find uh, something on um, the Nextdoor app or Facebook or social media. Maybe someone writes in the letter to the editor where they. Uh, have some strong takes about something that's happening. Um, this is uh, a food review of a barbecue restaurant in Kansas City. Uh, and the caption is, uh, when you live in a city with a high crime rate but really good barbecue. Because the review for the barbecue restaurant was, I got stabbed here. The food was fresh and drinks were tasty. But I got stabbed here. I would consider going back. That, <laughs> Was a post about that's a, a helpful review. Helpful review about a Kansas City barbecue place, um, worth worth going back to, even if you get stabbed uh, for the barbecue. So, you know, there's plenty of jokes there to be made about, uh, you know, ribs. Uh, <laughs> that's all I could think, actually. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Just oh, someone was just checking the temperature of. My ribs with the with, with the their poker. knife, yeah, just poking <laughs> yeah. it out. Uh, but um, but yeah, that's that's what's good in the neighborhood barbecue. Uh, worth getting stabbed for. Worth getting stabbed for. Worth waiting an hour in line for. Uh, that's Kansas City barbecue right there. It's delicious. All right, uh, how about uh, we move into a little mixed plate, um, Danny? Why why do you think right now is the season for eating? Asian food. I don't know. I just said it. Season or you? Yeah, takeout season. Fall. I I like. Maybe we're hungover more in the fall. Well, that I like Asian food on Sundays after, like when I had season tickets when 
I used to go to games. And you were a good fan. Every on Sundays we would we would come home from noon games, a little buzz. We would order Chinese food. It was my favorite Sunday night food to order after being out all day tailgating and uh, being at a football game. So yes, I did that this Sunday just because we were craving some Asian food. Obviously, I didn't go to the game, but um, but. The winter time, the fall time, I just like Chinese food a lot more, and I get it a lot more. So I figured we haven't done any any like Asian food mixed plates. All right, so we're doing the mixed plate of Asian food this week. Um, I think this is my turn, episode seventy six. Yep. All right. Um, and this okay. is one of those things where everyone. I don't even we're think we're going to overlap spots. because everyone kind we of might. has their own little. Everyone has their favorite Chinese restaurant. Everyone has their favorite Thai place. Everyone has their favorite sushi place. Like there's, there's it. Everyone has like their own little, their own favorite place. So I could see this being uh, a lot of different, a lot of different uh, right ends on this one. Yes. All right. Um, I am going to go with my meat. Number one, you said it already, but you didn't know you were saying it. It's called Thai place. And because uh, you said everyone has their favorite Thai place, well, my favorite Thai place is called Thai Place. It must be the best it's, Thai place of all time. It is. It's right. It's in Overland Park on 87th Street, like right as Santa Fe turns, or 87th Street turns into Santa Fe. Santa Fe turns into 87th Street, right there by Antioch. Um, and they've they've got the best pad Thai in the city. Mm. They've got a great, um, you know, a spicy level, you know, mild, medium, hot. You can go mild plus, medium minus. You know, you can get creative Ooh. with it. Um, great, great portions. Um, great crab rangoons to go with it uh, as well. And uh, just easily, hands down, my favorite chicken pad thai in the city. Mm, thai place. That's, right. that's Tuesdays, they have 20% off pad thai. Would recommend. Uh, okay. I've never had it, uh, but I wow. definitely want to try it. Get your butt there. That's another thing too about uh, like Chinese restaurants and and some Asian Asian food restaurants. You don't know if they're the same, like un, if they're the same restaurant or not, because there's like a lot of China stars or China kings, and I'm like, is this mm-hmm. the same place as that other China king that I know? Or yeah. like Vietnam Cafe. Like I don't know if this is the same one as that other one. Like, they're just all very generic named. So mm-hmm. um, I'm going yeah. one not generic named. Um, this is. I'm going traditional, not probably not traditional, but I'm going what we think of Americanized Chinese food. I had it last night. Kin Lin, folks. Uh, I love Kin Plaza treat. They, um, I don't know. I assumed everyone in the world knew what Kin Lin was and everyone respected it as much as I do. Apparently people don't. uh, And I take offense to that. I took that. Mm -hmm. I take that personally. And I'm like the Jordan meme. Uh, someone said they didn't know Ken Lin, so I took that personally. And um, Ken Lin has the best chicken but, fried rice by eating, uh, by eating an insane amount of chicken of fried yeah. rice. Yeah, uh, they have the best chicken fried rice out there. Um, really good crab rangoon. I mean, and then any of their chicken dishes, you know, like spicy chicken, crispy chicken, sesame chicken, mm-hmm. orange chicken, any of those, real solid, um, very fast. You can just call while you're on your way, and it'll be ready when you get there. Um, yeah, it's my favorite Chinese food in the city. So, Kinlan, here's what South Plaza. 
Here's what I want, and I struggle ordering Chinese food in this city. Um, I don't order it too much, but all I want, and if someone can tell me where to go, is a styrofoam box, yep. half of it full of fried rice and half of it full with general salad chicken that is really good. That's what I want, and I want to pay under $10 oh. for that amount of food. So in the same whoever box? can direct me in the – yes. No. Whoever can direct me in that dire- – push me in that direction – Big styrofoam box, half fried rice, half general salad chicken, and maybe a crab rangoon in there. Like as a meal, I can't find it. Just I need someone to help me find that. Uh, all right, but I'll take it to my meat number two. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Gojo's wow. Japanese Steakhouse. Dude, if you aren't all about the hibachi experience, <laughs> man, it's so cheesy. Oh. And you think like, oh, whatever, you know, that's cheesy. I don't want to do it. It's a it's a freaking blast. It is. I mean, uh, the food's phenomenal. You get tons of food. Is it it's fen- a great it's phenom- time. Phenomenal. I mean, it's because of bad. the environment, no, right. it elevates it. You're right. And you get that the the butter sauce that oh, just goes sh- on everything. They bring out that um, block of butter. Yeah, and it's just like butter and garlic, and they put it on the rice, everything. You know, you can't beat the the onion volcano. Um, so, I mean. If you think you're uh, too cheesy, good but... for, for Gojo's, you're wrong. You're not. Yes. Just let your hair down a little bit. Go to Gojo's. Yes, exactly. My point. Uh, okay. My meat number two, easy. It's back. Boru ramen. Oh, um, nice. I did not. I can't believe I went my whole life without having good gourmet ramen. Um, Yeah, only top ramen. The first time I tried it, I fell in love immediately, and that was at Boru. Um, And I haven't looked back. I love ramen now. They also have really good, uh, like, fried chicken wings. They've got uh, the... um, Those little bonbon sandwiches. I can't remember what they're called. Uh, mm-hmm. they, it's, I can't wait for the, the new Boru Asian eatery to open up, see their expanded menu. Boru uh, is, uh, I'm a, I love it. I love you, Boru. I want you to know it. All right. <laughs> um, let's see. I'm going to go with, uh, my side number one. I'm going to go, I'm going to go sushi and I'm going to go Bob Wasabi mm-hmm. Kitchen. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is delicious. Um, it took them a while to get alcohol on the menu, but they've got it now. Um, and I I met Bob once, or the owner. I've seen the pictures of him on the wall. He's he's been everywhere to like actually like pick out sushi, like to the fish markets and everything. I trust his taste. Mm-hmm. I trust the selection there. It's a little 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 expensive. I mean, not anything crazy, but it's not like bottom tier sushi expense level but like middle tier um very delicious might have two dollar signs by it but worth it it's good 39th street two dollar um, signs yeah that's how I'd, i mean i'm not going to three dollar sign places i'll go to two dollar sign places but not three dollar signs that's fair so bob wasabi kitchen phenomenal okay um i'm going uh sushi uh, as well for my meat number or side number one I'm going Prime Sushi. Again, South Plaza. This is uh, very... I don't even know if it qualifies as sushi. It's so Americanized. But that's what I love about it. They've got like everything you could... The menu is massive. There's got to be 60 Mm -hmm. rolls on that menu. Sushi burritos on it. So many uh, like fried options. 
avocado options. Mm. Uh, like a fry, a whole fried roll is oh, delicious, though. I know it's so good. It's so good, and so um, I, ha- I mean, it's it's definitely the most like Americanized sushi out there, but I love it for that reason. And uh, you're not gonna talk me out of it. You're not gonna shame me uh, out of it and be like, oh, it's not even real authentic sushi. I don't care. I love it. It's my mm-hmm. mixed plate. Back off. All right, uh, I'm going to round out my mixed plate. Um, I've talked about this before, tried it, loved it, because it, it kind of did a little bit of everything. Uh, and that's New Peking uh, in uh, Westport, right over there by uh, across the street from like, um, what's the karaoke place? Off key. Off key. Across the street from there where you get picked up in your Uber. Uh, New Peking's phenomenal. Um, now they don't quite have the styrofoam with. General Sal and fried rice in the same dish that I'm looking for. But good fried rice, good General Sal. They have pad thai. They have Korean food. Really, all the Asian foods um, made there and all done well. So, you know, if you and a friend or you have a group of people and you all want Asian food but you can't decide on exactly which cuisine, New Peking is the place. Okay. Great to-go service right now, too. Oh, yeah. All right, my side number two. I'm going Fa Ifa Tower. For real? No, Ifa Tower. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's the name of the place. Ifa Tower. Yeah, it's in Midtown. Um, okay. Like 39th and or 36th and Broadway area. It is honestly, it's French and Vietnamese cuisine. Uh, okay. Combined and um, which shouldn't, you know, Ke- Kevin. Of course, you knew this, but. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Vietnam used to be a, a colony of, of France, so it kind of makes sense there. And um, it is really good. It, it I don't like pho as much as ramen, but it is very good. It's different. It's different enough Where for is me it? to... Where did you say it was? Uh, Midtown, like 30, 36th okay. and Broadway. And uh, and it's, it's different enough that it's worth the... That it's worth having both and um that's the one that i like it's close to my work it's close to where i live and so that is my pho place ifa tower ah okay all right um let me see i left a couple off now that i'm just remembering one lucky dragon in north kansas city if you work at cerner you've probably been there and then not gone back into work after lunch because it's a buffet that is a very good buffet and it's got the chinese like donuts at the oh, end of it yeah. too. And I'm I'm yeah. That that place very good. My style of Chinese there. Um let's see what else. China King on, on Medcalf used to be my jam. No, yeah. China Star. Sorry, China Star. Yes, China Star. Um I love June's sushi. Oh, very in, uh, good. Prairie Village. Yep. ABC um, Cafe on eighty seventh and like Quivira or eighty seventh and I thirty five. ABC Cafe is really good. Um a little more uh, experimental dishes out there, so you're not going to find like some of the traditional, you know, um, orange chicken, sesame chicken, general sows, but um, but still really good. Okay, and then um, left off uh, a classic Prince's Garden over in Waldo. Yeah, don't know if you've uh, ever eaten there, but if you check out the uh, Yelp page, um, it's got a lot of great reviews, including this one from uh, let's see, February twenty fourth, two thousand four. 2018 
uh, an eating recommendation if you go to Prince's Garden. Get the crispy beef. It will make you queef. <laughs> I just found out. I just found out about the crispy beef here, and it's phenomenal. Mind blown. If there's one thing I can say about the crispy beef, it's that it will make me crispy queef. <laughs> and that's that's still up on Yelp. That is still up there. Appreciate so, it. So, Prince's Garden. I've also crispy beef. I've never been here, but I've heard really good things about Vietnam Cafe. And there's one in, oh, yeah. in, uh, in the River Market. And there's one in, I think, Midtown, like close to, or 39th, 39th Street. Street. Yeah. And yeah, I've never on been. On the Kansas side. Yeah. I've never been, but I've heard really, 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 really good things. And uh, I need to get there. Yeah. I can't wait to put this up on Friday and get some recommendations. Again, I need someone oh, to tell yeah. me where I can just yeah. get. Like, you know, when you pick up the styrofoam box of Chinese food and you're like, how is it this heavy? Yep. That's what I want with fried rice, crab rangoon, and general sound chicken. So tell me where I can get that. That's what I want. Um, all right. Uh, so that'll do it uh, for us this week on State Your Line. Um, go ahead and visit us uh, online at stateyourline.com. Check us out on social media at State Your Line. Thanks for listening this week, and we'll see you around Kansas City.